This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. James 1, verses 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So, have you been enjoying going through the Divine Mentor? It's good stuff in here, isn't it? And uh, you know, uh, on Valentine's Day, I think about the sovereign God, the creator of the heavens and earth. That's big, right? That, that, that He loves us so much that He invites us to come and to sit at His feet and to listen and to engage in a relationship with Him. I mean, that is like, try to wrap your head around that. That's huge, isn't it? And here we are on Valentine's Day and we, we think about love. I have to tell you, there is no greater love that you and I can experience than the love of God and that love expressed through His Son, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I think of God's Word and there are so many passages. You're familiar with many of them. John 3.16, right? For for, for God so loved the world that what did He do? He gave. Right? He gave His only Son that whoever would believe in Him would, would not perish but have eternal life. And of course, Paul writes, uh, God demonstrates. He demonstrates His love in this that when we were at our very worst, separated from Him, because of our rebellious nature and desire to live apart from Him. The Bible calls that sin. He sent Christ into the world to die for us. That's a love that's not predicated upon if I do something or because I do something. That, that's a love that's unconditional. I mean, that's powerful stuff. You know? God's amazing. He is amazing. And then, of course, as, as He pours His love out into our life and He comes and, and He indwells us through the Holy Spirit, love becomes a fruit in our life. In fact, Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit and the very first fruit that's mentioned is what? Love. Love. That we would exude that love of God that's been poured out into us through His Son, Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus, speaking with His disciples, said this. He said, you know, 
people will know that you're my followers, you're my disciples, by this. Your love for one another. He told them, you know, I'm going to give you a new commandment. I'm going to up the ante. That you love one another even as I have loved you. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, we can do a lot of things. We may have a lot of spiritual gifts that we express and, and, and there may be a, a lot of ways that God is active and moving in our life and, and we're living for Him. But you know what He says? If you don't have love, those things are, you know, they don't amount to much. Love. It's an important thing. And so as we encounter God in His Word, we are reminded that it is an invitation. An invitation to relationship with the One who loves us. The One who loves us. And Jesus, the living Word, the One who gave His life for us. Now, in the book, The Divine Mentor, we are invited to grow in our faith as we sit at the feet of our Savior, Jesus. And this morning, we're in chapter 7 of the book where Wayne Cordero talks about a method for encountering the Lord in His Word called SOAP. Do you remember what SOAP stands for? What's the S stand for? Scripture. What's the O stand for? Observation. Man, this is good. What's the A stand for? Application. And what's the P stand for? Prayer. You bet. Now, soap is an important part of our daily lives, isn't it? Can you imagine a world without soap? All you have to do is get into a crowded elevator on a hot summer afternoon. And you are reminded of how important soap really is. Okay? Now, in our spiritual life, it's the same way. It's the same way. That the Lord invites us to encounter Him uh, in a way that um, nurtures us, invites us, challenges us. It really is life-giving. The Word of God cleanses also and purifies, doesn't it? And so, as we're doing that, first and foremost, as we encounter God in His Word, as we come to the S, which is Scripture, we are reminded of how we need to listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. And uh, I have a Daryl Helton. Daryl, would you come on up here? Daryl came up last Sunday after the service and as he was listening to the Word of God, he said, you know, the Lord um, really spoke into my heart. And he shared with me something. I go, man, that's great. That's wonderful application to what we're learning about. And uh, as Daryl comes up, I want to call your attention to the screen. In the essence, Scripture says, seek God and His guidance for your life. But you know what the first thing is? It's not seek God's guidance for our life. What's the first thing? We want to seek God. We want to seek God and His guidance for our lives. And so, 
Daryl, I was just wondering if you'd share a little bit about what you shared with me about what the Lord shared with you last Sunday. Sure, I'd be happy, yeah, I'd be happy to. For those of you who talk to God, I think you'll understand where I'm coming from. And I want to encourage you to do that. As I was talking with the Lord, He dropped this into my spirit. He said, do you know that as you fill yourself with me, sin will just drop off of your life? It's a good word. Well, I had to say, Lord, I need some help. Explain, share with me some more. He said, my people struggle to know me. They know a lot about me, but they struggle to know me. He took me to John, and he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He goes on to say that no man comes to the Father except by me. And then he took me to further into John, and he said, You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All of a sudden, I I began to get the connection. Truth sets me free. Truth sets me free from the sin. I don't set me free. I choose to engage with him who is truth. He sets me free by His power. And He took me to John 17 in His prayer. Do you remember His prayer? How He prayed that we would be one with Him as He is with the Father? That's relationship. Oneness is relationship. Relationship with he who is truth. And I'm still staggered by the truth of what he revealed to me. I've read those scriptures hundreds of times. Never made the power connection that Jesus is my teacher. He is the truth. And the truth sets us us free. Absolutely, Pastor. Thank you for being willing to share that. We really appreciate it. That's a good word. Yeah. And we're, uh, we were blessed. Marshall Pickens shared in the 9 o'clock service. And as people are coming to me and they are sharing how the Lord is impacting them through the study of this book and by the encouragement to encounter Scripture in a, in a fresh way, not only with head, but with heart, Uh, It's wonderful to invite people up to share about what God is doing, about what God is revealing. And what a great word that that is. And so in in Wayne's book, Cadero's book, The Divine Mentor, he talks about soap as a method for encountering the Lord in Scripture. And as I said, it starts with Scripture, which is to seek God and His guidance for your life. It reminds me of Psalm 25, 
4 through 5. What a great verse this is. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are my God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Now, there's a lot of things we can put our hope in. There's a lot of things in the course of a day we hope for. But in Scripture, when we come across the word hope, hope is something greater than something we're hoping will happen. Okay? When you come across the word hope in Scripture, it's referring to um, the certainty that God is going to fulfill His promises. Uh, hope, and the hope that we have is a certain hope. Okay, And the Lord wants us to live into that. It's not that something might happen or could happen. It's that something will happen as God is faithful to the promises that He gives us in His Word. And so, as I encounter the Lord, as He shows me His ways, as He guides me in truth and teaches me, my hope is turned towards who? Him. All day long. That's a good word. Now, the Scripture that Elaine read for us today in, in James chapter 1, verses 22-25, through 25, speaks of the importance of not only hearing God's Word, but doing God's Word. Now, James, the author, uh, is the half-brother of Jesus. But what do I mean by half-brother? Well, we know that, that Mary was with child through the Holy Spirit. Not through Joseph, okay? But through the Holy Spirit. But Mary and Joseph had other children. And uh, James is one of them. And James was not an instant follower of Jesus. It wasn't until later on he became a follower of Jesus. And as he did, he grew in stature and prominence. And he is the author of this letter called James. All right. Now, Martin Luther, as he began what we know as the Protestant Reformation, was really pushing back uh, against this whole idea that there's salvation through works or that voices in the church and church leadership speak on an equal par with Scripture. And in fact, really, uh, the, the cry of the Reformation was grace alone, we're saved by grace through faith, and Scripture alone. Solo Scriptura in the Latin, okay? And what that really meant was, you know what? As followers of Jesus, we believe in the centrality of the Word of God, and the Word of God is the authority for our faith and our practice in our faith. That's it. Our faith rests on God's Word. And so Luther, really pushing back against um, a faith tradition that taught other than that, uh, when he read James, he was a little unsettled, okay? Because as you know, James speaks a lot about uh, the results of faith in how we live. Now, James is, is, is not saying that we're saved by works. But what he is saying is 
that as a result of the work of God's grace in our lives, that the transformation that takes place through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit results in lives, okay, of faith. And that our lives reflect the reality of Jesus, the living word. Okay? So in other words, our lives in Christ result in works of faith. But works of faith aren't what save us. Okay? But Luther really pushed back. He said, I really wrestled with the book of James. He called it the epistle of straw. All right? He probably would have thought, well, maybe this shouldn't be canon, right? But it's a good word. And uh, we've come to understand and know that it really teaches how we should live as a result of God's indwelling presence in our life. Now, in these verses, he's saying that we not only need to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And then he gives an illustration. He says a person who hears the word of God, but doesn't do the word of God, is like a person who looks in the mirror and then walks away and forgets what they look like. Now, when I was born, the nurse handed me to my mother and she said, well, it's a boy. And he's got a face only a mother could love. All right. Now, I might have an excuse to look in the mirror quickly, then look away and forget what I look like. Okay, I've been scarred for life. Not really, but that's a true story. It is. And and really what, what James is saying here is that we need to observe what Scripture says. And that's the second point. Observation. We take Scripture and we seek God and His guidance for your life. And the second thing we do is observation or we observe, which means we take to heart what God reveals to you in His Word. So that when we look at Scripture, that whole word observation, the person who looks in the mirror and observes and forgets what they look like, in the original language that the Bible was written in, that word observe means to look intently, to focus on, to concentrate on. So literally, what he is saying is, we need to look into God's Word. And we need to look intently, not look and turn away and forget what it's saying, but look at it carefully and observe what it says, not only in its historical context, not only to the people that James was writing to at the time that he wrote the letter, but what is it saying to you? What observations are being made about your life? Maybe there are observations that affirm you that say, yes, right on. You're right where you need to be in this area of your life. And that pleases the Lord. Or maybe it's very revealing. Now, mirrors in James' day weren't made of glass the way they are today. So now we look in a mirror and we see a pretty good reflection or image of ourselves, right? But in James' day, they were fashioned out of metal. Different kinds of metal. Sometimes silver. Or if you were very wealthy, it might even be a gold mirror. And so you would look and you'd see your reflection that would be imperfect in the metal mirror. And, and that has a meaning as well. 
that as we look into the Word of God intently, as we study it, because we don't want to forget what it says about us, it's like looking in that metal mirror and seeing that, that who we are has been impacted by sin in our lives. There's a distortion when you look into an imperfect mirror, right? You get an imperfect reflection of yourself. And so we're reminded not only do we need to look intently into the Word of God and not forget what God is saying to us, not forgetting the observations we've made, but also as we look into that mirror, we see ourselves and it reminds us that we desperately need what God has to offer us in His Word. Because there are areas in our life that God wants to work in. He wants to refine. right? That we're being constantly conformed to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And so I need to stare intently into the Word and not forget what it says, but I also need to look into the mirror, if you will, into that imperfect reflection from that metal mirror that James was talking about, to see that my life has been impacted in a negative way and distorted by the effects of sin. And so I need to really pay attention and observe and not walk away from what God has revealed to me about me. Alright? Not what He reveals to me about Lori or Aaron or Mike. Alright? But what He's revealing to me about me. It's really important. That's observation. I, I love this word here. Hebrews 4.12 For the Word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Now get this. Are you ready? It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. As I look intently into the Word of God, as I focus on it and just don't turn away, I allow it to speak into my heart and my life and reveal my thoughts and my attitudes. And as I do that, I'm reminded of how desperately I need Jesus. And as Darrell was saying, the power of His Holy Spirit in my life to live in freedom from sin. Because the work of God is day by day by day by day conforming me more and more and more to the image of Christ. I become an imitator of the One who is my Savior. Okay, Not in my own strength, because I can't do it. But in His strength, in His power. And that's where application comes in. So I have Scripture and observation. Then there's application. In other application, I have written, depend on the Holy Spirit's power to bring change in your life. Okay? James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Every day, as I encounter the Lord in His Word, and as I allow the Word to reveal my thoughts and the attitudes of my heart, as I come to Him, as I express to Him my desire to be more like Jesus and how I live, that I might live into the truth of Scripture 
that the Word of God and the power of the One who's the living Word, Jesus Christ in my life, setting me free to be the man that God is creating me to be. As, as I do that, I come to a place of acknowledging I can't do it in my own strength. And some of us are frustrated this morning because we come to the Word of God over and over and over again and we sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but we're frustrated because it seems like we just can't get over the hump. Or that area of our life is just beyond our own ability and strength to manage or to change. You know why that is? Because a work of God in our life has to be done by God. It can't be done in our own human effort. Now, I can express my desire. I can get on board. I can tell, Lord, this is what I desire. This is what I want. And to the best of my ability, Lord, I invite You into this area. And man, I'm with You. But Lord, You are the one, ultimately. The power of Your Holy Spirit that has to lead me and empower me in this area of my life that I desire change. Okay? So really, every day, we have a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit where we say, Holy Spirit, empower me today to live the life that I long to live and that You desire me to live. And we submit daily. Okay? We depend upon the Spirit's power in our life. Reminds me of Galatians 5. 16 through 17, then verse 25. Paul is writing, he's contrasting the fruit of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. And really what he's saying is, you know, even though now you are saved by grace through faith and you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, there's a part of you that needs to die. And that's, that's the part that's ruled by the flesh. Okay? And, and it's contrasted the fruit of the flesh to the fruit of the Spirit. And it says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Now get this. They are in conflict with each other. Why? So that you will not do whatever you want. Isn't that good news? There was a a man who came into my office many years ago And I shared the Gospel with him and we knelt down in my office and he prayed to receive Christ. And I gave him a Bible and I gave him some Scripture to read and some booklets and and said, okay, here's some things that will help you in your newfound faith. I want to get back with you in a week from now. He said, okay. So a week later, he showed up and he done all the things we had talked about, but he said, Pastor, I don't know if this Jesus thing is working for me. I said, well, why not? What's wrong? He said, there's some things I've been doing that I don't enjoy doing anymore. And I go, what do you mean? And he talked about some habits and some lifestyle. Some things in relationship with his girlfriend. Other things. And he says, now when I go to do those things, I don't enjoy them anymore. And I said, oh brother, there's nothing wrong Let me tell you what's happening here. It's exactly what's going on in Galatians chapter 5. It is the Spirit of God that now is making Him aware 
of sin in his life. And it's, and it's extinguishing the desires of the flesh and saying, no, you don't need to live that way anymore. There's a better way. Okay? So that he couldn't do whatever he wanted to do anymore. It was like this, this holy smoke alarm that was going off inside. Alright? That's great! Man, he was relieved when I shared with him about that. Okay? Well, in verse 25, Paul writes, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Okay? That's just a daily decision to do that. And then finally, prayer. We have Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Now, the things I've listed under prayer are specific to what we're doing in the Divine Mentor. There are many ways to pray, many expressions of prayer, many contexts for prayer, but as it relates to what we're doing with soap, here are three things that, that I recommend you do. Number one is you pray, you listen for God's guidance. You listen to what the Lord wants to say to you. That's what Daryl was sharing earlier with us today. Then once He reveals that to you, you express your desires to Him. Lord, I, I desire to walk in the truth that You have revealed to me. Or, Lord, I desire to make this change in my life that, that You've caused me to observe as I've looked into Your Word. And the third thing is to declare Your intentions. Lord, not only have I heard from You, not only do I desire to walk in this truth in the power of Your Holy Spirit, but Lord, this is what I'm going to do. Right? That's the application. You're declaring your intentions. Now, here's one of the ways that I do that that might be helpful for you. Are you ready? Let's take this uh, verse this morning. James 1, chapter, uh, 1, James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. I pray the scripture I've just read. I pray the scripture that, that God has caused me to observe some things, where He's led me to want to apply some things. I pray that back to Him. And in praying back to Him, I demonstrate that I've been listening to Him. I express my desires to do what He's revealed to me. And I declare my intentions. Are you ready? Here's an example. I'm going to pray this. Lord, I desire not merely to be a, a hearer of Your Word, someone who listens and so deceives himself, but Father, in the power of Your Holy Spirit, I want to do what it says. I want to respond to what You're saying to me. Father, I don't want to be like those who, who listen to Your Word, but then do not do what it says, like a person who looks in a mirror and just forgets what they've seen. But Father, instead, I... I want to look intently into Your Word which is perfect and which sets me free to be the man You desired me to be. That I might walk in that in the power of Your Spirit, not forgetting what I've heard, but doing it. Lord, I desire to bless You as a son who longs to be obedient in this area of my life. Father, I can't do it without You. Would You unleash the Spirit's power in my life that I might walk as one who is obedient to Your Word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. See how I just prayed that passage? That was my prayer. I prayed the passage that I started with in Scripture. 
you can do that too. And it reminds me of this, and I want to close with this. Jeremiah 33.3. I'm telling you, if this is not a good reason to want to get into God's Word and to listen to what He has to say, to make observation, application, and prayer. Man, look at this. This is good stuff. Jeremiah 33.3. The Lord says, Call to Me and I will answer you. Call to Me. Call to Me and I'll answer you. And tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Man, I want that for my life. How about you for yours? Amen? As the worship team comes forward, let's pray together. Father, we thank You for Your Word this morning. We thank You that Your Word is true. Father, Jesus tells us that we will know the truth. And the truth will set us free. Father, Jesus is the way. He is the truth. And He is the life. He is the living Word. Father, this morning we ask that as we encounter You in Your Word, that we would not merely be hearers of the Word, but we would be doers. But each of us this morning acknowledge a conscious dependence on Your Holy Spirit to be the men and the women that You're calling us to be. Father, perhaps there are areas of our life where we failed over and over and over again. Lord, help us this morning. Help us this morning to commit that area of our life to You, fresh and new. Help us this morning to submit to Your Holy Spirit's power in our life to do in us what we can't do on our own. And Father, would You help us to leave this place this morning with a fresh understanding of what it means to listen and then to respond to You. Father, we pray and we ask these things in the mighty name of our risen Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. For it's His name we pray. Amen.